Undersized guards always get overlooked in the NBA draft, in the NBA draft process, but we still end up seeing some of them stick in the NBA. Who are some undersized guards that could be guys that stick in the NBA from this draft class? And let's check in on some from previous draft class. Coming up on Locked On NBA Big Board. You are Locked On NBA Big Board, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up? My name is Richard Stamen. You might know me better as at Draft on Twitter, or if you're uh, following on Instagram, I've recently moved there now that I'm allowed to say it on this uh, platform, I'm not allowed to say that on Twitter, but on Instagram, I am at NBA Draft Film, trying to grow there as Twitter continues to be a little bit of a meltdown. Uh, you know, I've, I've got a, a good amount of base on Twitter, and I'm very grateful for everybody who has followed along, and also for everybody who listens to the show, supports the show, uh, we've had, you know, over the summer, it was a dry period, but now the NBA draft is kind of going in full swing. Conference play is just two weeks away. We're in the fun part of the NBA draft season. Things are about to change big time. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more of that. Uh, actually, I'll just do that right now. Malachi Brandon last year. Nobody saw him as an NBA draft prospect at this time. Give him two weeks. He starts emerging onto boards. It's a fun time of the year. But thank you for making Locked on NBA Big Board the first listen of your day. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Prize picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on with one word. It's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. So, today's episode, I want to talk about some undersized guards. I'm, if you followed me on Twitter, you know, I, I kind of have uh, an infatuation finding that next undersized guard. It's probably a little bit of Goldilocks or whale hunting, whatever you want to call it to some degree. But these guys are pros. Like they, they stick either in overseas or in the G League. It's not uncommon to see guys uh, stick around. And I'm going to do a little bit of a check-in on one player in particular from last year's draft class that I was absolutely enamored with. That was only 5'9", but I think he's absolutely killed it in the G League. Want to give an update on him. I'll also talk just about four prospects who I see as undersized guards that really could stick in the NBA. Those are guys 6'2 and under is what I categorize it as. The new point guard it has to be at least 6'3". So let's talk about some of them. Let's start with the state of Texas. Kendrick Davis, uh, while he is not in the state of Texas anymore, he did spend his first four years of college ball in Texas. He started at TCU, teammates with Desmond Bain in 2018-19. <clears throat> Wasn't much of, an in, uh, of a factor on, in the team. Really only played 17 minutes, but still averaged six points to assist. He transferred to SMU and absolutely broke out. For three years, I mean, he averaged 14 points a game, 14 or 19, 19. It was really impressive, and he was really efficient. Uh, once SMU let their coach walk, he transferred. He was really close with the coach. He transferred out to Memphis, and he's been doing really well. He got to play against Alabama, good spotlight. The efficiency hasn't been there, but the volume has still. I think some of it might have to do with the system, but let's talk about Kendrick Davis. I've been a big fan of KD for a while. I, I What I like in him is just he's so shifty, and yes, he is only – he's listed at six feet the same way J.J. Barea is six feet. He's just not. He's probably 5'10", 5'11", maybe 5'10 and a half, something like that. But the reason why I could see someone like him sticking, these guys come around every once in a while. Every few years, you see these really undersized guards able to make a, way, a name for themselves. And mind you, DJ Augustine has had a 10-plus year career being that size. And there's a lot of similarities, I think. They're both extremely quick. The tight handle is just nuts. I mean, Kendrick Davis has, I think, the best ankle breaker in college basketball. And it's not 
And it's not like he's, you know, some guys like Jason Williams, he was, for example, very, very flashy and could break guys' ankles. That's not the case with KD. Kendrick Davis will do that in-game at a very just smart way. Like, he doesn't do it just to do it. He doesn't hold the ball for 20 seconds trying to get that ankle breaker. He only does it within the flow of the offense, and I think that's really important. He's also a good finisher relative to his size. You know, this year it's been a little bit underwhelming. He's shooting, I think, 42% at the rim. But last year at SMU, he shot 54% at the rim, which is pretty good for a guard at his size. I'd actually say it's great for a guard at his size. For guards in general, you want to be closer to 60. Um, so just being a few percentage points lower than the average, uh, which I would say is probably 57 58%. Given his size, that's fine. He's a really good shooter off the dribble. He can score at all three levels because of this. He shoots off screens. Uh, you know, give him a pick and roll. He and have drop defense. He will make defenses pay. He has great, great vision. He sees the floor like no other. I think in the AAC, uh, the American Athletic Conference, and he's just great in the pick and roll. I think you have to be a great pick and roll ball handler to survive in the NBA as a guard. And also, he has a good floater. So, kind of again, going back to making defenses pay on drop defense. If they want to defend him at the rim, make him shoot at mid range, they're going to lose a lot of times. The issues with Kendrick Davis, though, really are just. He's undersized. He's not going to be good at defense in the NBA. Like, there's no way to to front on that. Like, there's no way he's a good defender. You don't see these very short players end up good on defense. Best case for him is being hidden. But if you're looking for a third string guard, I really do think Kendrick Davis is that guy. So, obviously, I said I want to be in Texas for this one, uh, even though KD plays in Memphis. And apologies for saying KD. I know that is very misleading given the uh, Kevin Durant is one of the greatest basketball players ever and goes by that. But uh, just been around SMU a lot, and that's how people talk about him. It's just, they call him KD. Um, but Mike Miles is the other guy at, at DFW. He's in Texas. He's at TCU. If you've watched this show before or followed me on Twitter, you know I talk about this dude at nauseum. Uh, so Mike Miles, the appeal with him for me, I see him as a Jalen Brunson. He's listed as 6'1". I personally think he's like 6'2", 6'2 2.5". But he's just really smart. He's also a junior, which I know will scare some people. But he is the same age as Brandon Miller, only a few months older. He just turned 20 in August. Like, he is very, very young for his age. So you look at things like that, and I, I think that has value in terms of a young guy who has a lot of experience. He played. He was an AAU teammate with Cade Cunningham and uh, Greg Brown. So if that puts in perspective where he is relative to his age and experience, I think it's really important. Now, as for the scouting report with Mike Miles, why I'm so big on his game. The shooting, I think it's real. I, I think over the years, the percentages haven't aligned. He's had either the free throw percentage or the three-point percentage. Really hard to get both, except his freshman year, where he shot 83% from the line, 36% from the field, or excuse me, 36% from three. And I think that's the real indicator of what, where he is. Right now, he's at 37% from three in seven games, but 62% from the line. And last year, six, 76% from the line, 29.5% from three. Now, the issue with some con some context to this, Mike Miles is shooting. He takes like, – he's run off the line. The same way Terquavion Smith, for example, they don't let him near the three-point line if he wants to shoot. They're making him take deep NBA shots. Mike Miles has to do that, and he's starting to hit them at a really high level, and I think it's going to be consistent. On top of that, you look at him as a primary ball handler. He's able to break defenses down. Has a, also great handle, can killer crossover. Uh, again, also in the flow of the offense. Really nice in the pick and roll. Just patient, can score at all three levels. He's become absolutely fearless at going to the rim. Last year, you know, he's an underrated athlete. He would go to the rim. 
take a few hits and then he'd kind of draw away this year. Absolutely not. It's been just 100% effort to the rim. Every single time he wants to go there, he doesn't shy away from contact anymore. And because of that, he's taking the most free throws a game that he's ever taken up from four and a half, three uh, free throw percent, uh, excuse me, free throw attempts last year. He's at seven, this game, uh, seven a game this season, excuse me for stumbling over my words. But really just intelligent player. I, I see a lot of Jalen Brunson in him. He has a really nice mid-post game as well that he doesn't get to use a ton, but he will bully you. He's stronger than he looks. Um, Jalen Brunson is kind of the same way. I just see that that basketball IQ, the feel for the game, and I think a lot of that has been developed over the years because he's so experienced for his age. I think that's going to do him wonders in the NBA. He's comfortable with both hands. You just really can't exploit him. And on defense, yes, he is undersized. This is an absolute must for me. Guards don't have to be shot blockers by no means or rim protectors. But Mike Miles has this ability to be a rim protector on the side. Sometimes they'll play him in a little bit of a zone and he has to guard the cutter spot. And he does such a good job. He will rise up, go vertical. He's done it multiple times over the three years he's been at TCU. And for me, I think that's a very just telling sign of what his basketball IQ is. He understands the game. He sees plays very well on both ends. And to me, that's that's a sign. That's a sign that he's... Uh, that he's going to stick on the defensive end. And he's not just – just because he's short doesn't mean he's bad. I really like what I see from him. I've been impressed. But let's talk uh, Let's talk about Jalen House and uh, Eric Gaines as mid-major undersized guards. But, uh, but first, let me tell you about prize picks. <clears throat> so prize picks is daily fantasy. Uh, I, a lot of my friends have even gotten into this. The way it works is you pick – two to six players, and if they score more or less on their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections and, like, the system. Prize picks offers projections on any sport you watch. Well, I, I mean, I've used it for NBA. My friends use it for NBA. Uh, you can also do it on NFL, NHL, college football, college basketball, anything you watch it's there i promise so entries can be made very quickly it's 60 seconds or less that easy safe and fast withdrawals and currently it's operational in over 30 states as well as canada so go to download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 dollars with promo code locked on uh, as said earlier, that's one word locked on. If you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Turo is the fastest, the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia. You can book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. You can get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, holiday, whatever it is. You can find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from a point A to point B. You can test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on, too, uh, to see how it fits your everyday life. Many Toro hosts can even deliver the car right to you. So every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions may apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. So back to Unlocked on NBA Big Board. Um, Going to talk about some other guys. These are now in the mid-major category for 
the undersized guards. So if you watched our hot takes, this is a very obscure reference, but we had a hot takes episode probably in February, I think, of this year where we were saying, hey, like, who's somebody that you have in your top 30 that most people or nobody does? And for me, it was Eric Gaines. I thought I, I was probably a little bit too high on him at the time. I'll admit that. But I was really impressed with what he was doing at LSU. I think he has the best hands in college basketball. He is 6'2", 155. So the man is skinny. He is, I mean, he is skin and bones. Like, uh, not like Bones Highland, but he is skin and bones. But he sure uses that to his strength. He has ridiculously long arms, which I'm sure kind of plays into the weight. He averages uh, two steals a game, roughly. Did that at LSU as well. He's been scoring. He has incredible handles. He's a great athlete and can create his own shot as well. The issue for Eric Gaines, I think, of becoming that NBA player is can he become more efficient? Because he's shooting 44% from the field, which is fine, but only 35% from three and 69% from the line. So he's got to improve those categories to really take a jump. I'd like to see him, in theory, uh, just become a more three-level scorer, especially at UAB now that conference play is coming up. Like the Conference USA is actually not bad, but – he should be able to rake some of those stats up and really improve. I want to see the field goal percentage only improve from here. That's going to be a telltale sign. He still has two more years of eligibility because of the COVID rule. So he's a junior, but technically has two years left. I'm interested to see what his path is because you look at somebody who's going to generate steals, going to be able to shoot, going to pass. I'm interested to see, and, and I'll talk about him coming up in the next segment, but there's a player who has a lot of similar traits and he's been dominating in the G league in in a lot of regards. So we'll see what happens with Eric Gaines. I think if you want to see one of the most fun teams in the country, that's not a blue blood or anything like that, or a top five team, UAB is the way to go. They have him and jelly Walker are just phenomenal. I fully expect them to dominate the conference USA and they're a very safe bet. I would say for a mid major, if you want to pick that one mid major, to make the Sweet 16, it's them. Like they're far and away, I think, the best one. And I'm not talking like Mountain West because Mountain West has been great. They're not a true mid-major to me. I'm talking like teams that only get one bid every year. Like Conference USA is going to have UAB as their front runner for the year. Now going to the Mountain West, there's another player who I also really like, and that is Jalen House. Another guy who, if you've been following me on Twitter, I really like this guy. He's 6'1", son of Eddie House, and also cousin of Daniel House. But he, uh, regard like moving on from that, it's not that relevant. He's 6'1 and an unreal athlete. I was watching him when he was at SMU and just the pregame dunks he was doing. Like he's almost my size. Like he's only a couple inches taller than me. And I was just blown away watching him because I, I didn't, I knew about him. I didn't know about his athleticism in the open floor. And he was doing windmills. He was doing 360s, like no effort. And to me, that was really impressive. Kind of shows just, that, athletic, that athleticism and how he can use it in, in, in game, he does it really well because he's also very quick. He thrives in quick offense. He can turn the Jets on and go 0-100 to 100 real quick and just make the offense go fast. He can play in fast and slow offense. He's good in the pick and roll. He has supremely long arms, which will help him. You have to have long arms, especially if you're that size at 6-1. He has a quick change of direction. His first step is quick. He plays 100% effort all the time. He sees the floor well. That sounds like a pretty modern guard to me. Now, the the downsides, I don't know what his shooting is going to be like. He, he has a really awkward shot. His footwork is kind of weird. 
And it's been inconsistent year to year on three-point percentage. The free throw percentage has been good with volume. I'm not really going to count when he took uh, only 13 free throws and made nine of them as a sophomore at Arizona State. But since he's gone to New Mexico, last year he shot 89% from free throws uh, on 30 in 31 games, and that was on five attempts a game. So that's real sample size. This year, through 11 games, six attempts per game, 84%. So that seems really real. Like the touch is there. The problem is he has a kind of low release, and also his footwork is kind of awkward. He'll—it's not necessarily bad. It just looks a little bit uncomfortable, and I don't know how quick he can get shots up over defenses. So for me, that he kind of—I don't know how to describe it without even showing you. And I'm not just going to fully stand up and angle my camera down to my feet. Nobody wants to see that. But like he just bends his knee way closer into his other his right knee into his left knee. It's kind of awkward. He also needs to reduce some turnovers. He, he's gotten better about that, I think, as the season's gone on. But also, he's undersized. Like That's going to be the thing that does it hold him back. I don't know. But I think at the minimum, with the flair he plays with, the speed of the controlled speed he plays with, and just the ability to be a three-level scorer that can facilitate the offense, I think he's at minimum bound to be a G-leaguer. And once you get to the G-league, I think a lot of people forget this. The G-league is really good. It's a top-five league in the world, like at, at, a, at least. And... Once you get there, anything goes. We saw last year, obviously, it was a little bit of a fluke with COVID. So many G-leaguers got called up, and that's massive. I, I think once you get there, anything can happen. It's not its not a knock. Like, I say a lot of times, hey, this guy's going to Europe. This guy's going to the G-league. But it's not the end of the road. Like, I'm not saying, all right, he tops out there. There are plenty of guys that I think start in the G-league, and that's fine. Like, once they get there, anything goes. At that point, it's all up to them and how hard they work what opportunities they put themselves uh, in position for. Who knows? One other guy I do want to shout out, though, uh, while we're here talking about undersized guards before I go on to the pros, is Adante Holloman at UT Rio Grande. I got to see him last year, so just be a quick shout-out. But I got to see him last year at a camp. Um, wasn't He wasn't on my radar right away, but he stood out there. His shot is so beautiful. He's one of these other undersized guards. He's at UT Rio Grande Valley. He's averaging six points a game, shooting 41% from three, two and a half assists per game as well. While that doesn't stand out and he's not a draft prospect at the moment for this draft class, I do think he is somebody who you could see in a couple of years transfer up and make a dent in college basketball and get that NBA, uh, whether it's G League, whatever it is, opportunity because he is really working hard uh, and he's got just good skill for his size, also great handles and just sees the floor while moving quick. Some stuff to watch. Uh, he's just a name to, that I've always had my eye on this year, and I haven't seen anybody mention him. Just wanted to give him a shout-out as an under-the-radar kind of guy. But also want to talk about some of the G League uh, successes that we've seen, and just one in particular. And I'll talk about that in just a moment, but let me tell you about ExpressVPN. So we all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows, that are only available in other countries. Maybe you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. This will change your world. ExpressVPN allows you to binge things like The Office on the UK. Um, and that's for UK Netflix. It's so simple to do. You just sign into Netflix, fire up the ExpressVPN app, change your location to the UK, refresh Netflix, and that's it. ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose almost from 100 countries. So just imagine all the Netflix libraries you can go through. You love Korean dramas, use ExpressVPN um, to get something off there. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming site. 
service. And that's like Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, there's videos, either basketball stuff that's not available in your country, it'll say. You can use this to get that. ExpressVPN, um, there are 100 VPNs, but the reason I use ExpressVPN is to watch uh, shows because it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffer in your lag, and you can stream in HD, no problem. ExpressVPN works on all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TV, and more, so you can watch what you want on the big screen or on the go. So if you don't, if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash locked on right now, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash locked on, expressvpn.com slash locked on to learn more. So checking in on the pros, this is, if you remember my, uh, I probably talked about him in the podcast, but I know I talked about him a lot on Twitter, Jacob Gilliard is somebody who I really liked at Richmond. He's the NCAA's all-time steals leader. I thought it was weird. Nobody on draft Twitter talked about him even as a pro, not necessarily like draftable. And also just a, I meant to talk about this earlier, but I'm just going to sneak this in here. Getting drafted as an undersized guard is very, very rare. Most of these players are actually all of these players I've listed are all upperclassmen right now. They're not the odds of them getting drafted. I'd say outside of Mike miles is probably really low. And Mike has the best edge because He's 20 years old and will be 20 at the draft. So he's the only one I would say is in true position to be drafted. The other guys are going to be undrafted free agents. But it's really rare to be drafted at six feet or less. I mean, I think one of the shortest players drafted last year was really like J.D. Davison. He was in the second round. But the absolute shortest was Kennedy Chandler, who was a pure six feet tall. But he's so fast. He can shoot and he can drive to the rim. He's athletic, can handle the ball, all that. So he plays defense. He was almost an exception. He was an exception to the rule. So getting drafted at this size is pretty rare. Keep that in mind. I'm not suggesting these guys are all like first rounders. I'm just suggesting they have pro outcomes. So the last one I wanted to talk about, just as a quick check-in on him, is Jacob Gilliard. I think he's done a really good job in uh, the, with the Memphis hustle. The scoring, the yeah, ad hasn't stood out a ton. Nine points a game on 42% from the field. It's not bad. 29% from three. I think that'll drive up a little bit. He's shooting 86% from the line, but my goodness, the steals and assists, the playmaking, they both translated at a very high level. In 31 minutes a game, he's averaging 1.8 steals. It's really solid. And then this is just stunning to me, especially when you consider that he's 5'9", 5'10". He's averaging 7.5 assists to not even a full two turnovers per game. That ratio is wild. So I think there's still an outcome where he ends up in the pros. Once he gets his scoring uptick up, I think he's going to see some big numbers. And also this week is a big week for the G League showcase. I think that's the name of it. But a lot of execs are going to be out there from NBA teams. They're mostly going to be looking for the G League Ignite to do some draft scouting. But they're also going to be looking at some of these guys in the NBA G League system that have been standing out and how they can maybe make an impact. It's a little bit of check-in, see where they are in the in the progress that they wanted to see. And Jacob Gilliard, somebody who I think – you could see him making that jump. I mean, over the last few games, he's been raking up assists. Um, I'm pulling up these stats right now, but he had 11 assists on, what was it, Saturday? He had nine assists the day before, seven the game before, 13, then he had three, then six, 11, nine, 11, six, eight. It's just nuts. What he's been doing over the last month to the date, he's averaging almost 10 assists a game. And the turnovers are not very high. He's had two games with more than one turnover in that span. Or three, excuse me, three. And that's that's a ridiculously efficient playmaking outcome. 
I think if you look at some of these guys, they're going to have a lot of similar trajectories to Jacob Gilliard. And if you're in Jacob Gilliard's shoes, you're in a good spot. Like, I think he's somebody who he controls his own destiny and making it to the league. Yes, the scoring needs to improve, but he has everything else. I would say like, yeah, the size isn't there, but in terms of output, he has everything. So if you're in Jacob Gilliard's shoes and I, these four guys I've listed, I do expect Mike Miles to have a little bit higher of a ceiling and floor, just given the age. But all the other three guys, I think, are in really good position to make the NBA. That's Eric Gaines, Jalen House, and Kendrick Davis. At a minimum, if you're Jacob Gilliard, like, that's a really good floor, I would say, as an undersized guard. There's so many different avenues you could go. You could be a two-way player. You can make the NBA as a train, final training camp guy. You could be in the G League and eventually grind your way up. You could even go to Europe, which is also, I want to emphasize, especially since Rafael runs this show, he lived in Europe and watched European basketball. European basketball is really high quality. It's not an insult to be in Europe. Like that is high praise. And again, if you're just in that position, you're doing really well for yourself. And I think those are guys that if they're going to be starting overseas, which I do think most G League players do, you're going to be a top 100 player from this draft and just not be from the NBA perspective. So, but that is this episode for undersized guards. Wanted to touch on just that element of, oh, they're overlooked. So just wanted to see that perspective shine some light on some of these guys that just haven't gotten the the spotlight they need and then also highlight that jacob gilliard has been incredible as a rookie in the g league so thank you for making locked on nba big board your first listen today now make locked on sports today your second listen peter bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes i listen to it all the time i've been out of town i actually listened to it this morning gets me some really good insight of what i missed Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today podcast is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast for free, as is Locked On NBA Big Board. So if you want to support the show, just subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter for time being. But really, the big one, I think, is just Instagram at NBA Draft Film. Pretty straightforward. If you could follow, that'd be wonderful. Really appreciate it. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And if I'm not back on before the holidays, happy holidays and a happy new year. Thank you, guys.